Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know what were they thinking? Backroom deals, huge amounts of money, CIA secrets, sets off a firestorm in Washington, affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Welcome into the Green Zone here on a Saturday, the final day of July, the 31st, 2021. I am Brady Cannon live at the Mandalay Bay Race and Sportsbook. My partner, Wes Reynolds, is in fabulous downtown Las Vegas at the Circa Resort and Casino. As we get ready to take you through the next three hours of in-game wagering and updates throughout the world of sports betting opportunities. And Mr. Reynolds, we'll start with the Olympics. Of course, this has been going on for better than a week now. We have Olympic golf going on. I know you've been closely following the swimming. The uh, Hoosiers of Indiana and the Gators of Florida taking a lot of medals in the water. Give us the latest on the Olympics, my friend. Yeah, I'll start here what happened overnight, and we'll start on the basketball court. Team USA, 119-84 win over the Czech Republic. That makes them 2-1 and one in the pool. They are officially advanced to the quarterfinals. So, look, Team USA, probably the best game that they played of the three. They did cover. Minus 24 was the closing number. Might have been some 25s out there as well. But Team USA, it was dicey early. They were only up by four at halftime on the Czech Republic. But great defense, really, in the second half. Team USA, by the way, shot 62% from the floor. 20 of 42 from the three-point line. Absolutely dominant performance in the second half against the Czech Republic. We got to wait for a few more pool play games to see who Team USA is going to play in that round of eight. They, of course, do not win the group. Uh, France so far has has won the group. They got 
the full six points with the uh, victories uh, going 3-0 and in pool play. So Team USA uh, likely to be kind of one of those middle seeds going forward, but still the favorite at BetMGM and not much of an adjustment either. I think it got as low as 225 after that opening loss to France. And now you're seeing minus 275. Still think that maybe if you want to get in on Team USA under $3, now would be the time. Australia and Slovenia both at 8-1, to one, Spain and France at 11-1, Italy at 40-1. to one. So we'll be starting in a few days this round of eight play in the quarterfinals. So that is it for the basketball court. Uh, we did have an Olympic record, almost a world record set in track and field this morning in the women's 100 meter. That went off about, I believe, 5.50 Pacific time. So very early in the morning on the West Coast. And uh, Elaine Thompson goes ahead and wins her second gold medal in the 100 meters, beating Shelly Ann Fraser-Price. Elaine Thompson was like a plus 110. Under, uh, underdog Shelly Ann Fraser Price minus 120 who won the gold in uh, London in 2012 so a very good 100 meter race Olympic record set not quite the world record that has stood since July of 1988 that was Flojo Florence Griffith Joyner in Indianapolis with a 1049 in the women's 100 meters so that has been going on and as you mentioned Brady we have swimming we're now into the full crux of track and field. We'll get to the golf here later in the show. So a lot of things going on here this weekend over in Tokyo. Have you been betting the Olympics heavily at all, Wes? I've been betting in spots. I've been betting some of the swimming races, mainly because they've been in prime time because over there, the finals have been run in the morning because keep in mind, Tokyo time is 16 hours ahead here on the West Coast, 13 hours ahead on the East Coast. So You've actually been getting the swimming live on NBC in prime time. You're not going to really get that luxury with track and field, as I found out this morning, uh, waking up at 550 (laughs) to watch this uh, 100-meter final on the women's side. So that's basically what you're getting. I've been doing a little bit of swimming, a little bit of basketball, and, you know, kind of trading some information. So I haven't been betting heavy, but I've been involved. Well, uh, it was heavy indeed, a frenzy of trades at the baseball trade deadline on Friday. Boy, it just really flipped on its ear the world of Major League Baseball. Of course, the big one, Max Scherzer and Trey Turner of the Washington Nationals going to the Los Angeles Dodgers. We saw their odds drop to win the World Series, to win the National League pennant. The Giants made a big move, you know, to keep up with the Joneses, if you Mm -hmm. will, in the National League West. They bring over Chris Bryant. Uh, He is a scheduled to hopefully start at third base for San Francisco tomorrow. They're hoping that he'll be in town soon enough to make that happen. But, I mean, there was movement everywhere out in the American League East with the Yankees. We saw the Kansas City Royals make a couple of moves. I saw your Cincinnati Reds. uh, You sent out a tweet there where uh, they just kind of took a nap on the whole thing. Them, along with the Colorado Rockies, Trevor Story was not moved, and I understand he was a little bit disappointed by that. But uh, baseball absolutely fast and furious at the trade deadline on Friday, and we'll get into more of that with our guest. Coming up, we're going to talk baseball trade deadline and also college football with Kenny White when he joins us coming up next. It is the Green Zone presented by BetMGM. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you on a Saturday, the final day of July. And let's talk some baseball, uh, Wes. We don't have Kenny. He'll be along in just a moment, but we're talking there about the trade deadline and and all of the moves that went down. I mean, you had to have your head on a swivel. Everything was happening so 
quickly in the we've never really seen that I recall a trade deadline a trade deadline that had this much action West no we haven't and I think the fact that it was on back-to-back nights the deadline being on Friday and then of course NBA draft night on Thursday had some trades in our in their own right there in the NBA so back-to-back a lot of things going on I know our colleague Mitch Moss is like okay let's make this a regular thing here we get the draft and then the trade deadline the next day we'll see if uh, that's going to happen going forward but yeah you did see a lot of of moves you mentioned the Dodgers making their moves and obviously Chris Bryant now going to San Francisco San Diego I think made a decent move into the bullpen getting Daniel Hudson who I think kind of strengthens the strength. Really, the Padres have the best bullpen ERA in all of Major League Baseball. The problem with the Padres is they've been the most used bullpen in all of Major League Baseball. So I thought San Diego, they were trying to get in on Max Scherzer. I thought that they might get a starter there because they just don't have starters going deep enough into the game. I think they've only had 47 starts going past the fifth inning. That is the lowest in Major League Baseball. So uh, that's the concern for the Padres as they try to stay in the race here in the NL West. Well, let's bring in our man, Kenny White. He is a frequent contributor here on the network, and you can follow him on Twitter at KWhiteyVegas. Kenny, how are you today? Hey, hi, Brady. Doing great, Wes. Uh, Just looking forward to football getting kicked off. We're getting so close, and I'm so excited because this is just going to be one of the best years ever in college football. Well, that's interesting that you say that, and I was going to talk baseball with you for a minute, and we'll get to that, but uh, why do you say this might be such an interesting year in college football? It seems like, with the kind of the the return of COVID, so to speak, that maybe we're in for some more cancellations. Who knows? But what are your thoughts there, and why you say maybe it's going to be so exciting? Yeah, this this is a... uh of the year with 1,600 uh, extra players, uh, talking about seventh, sixth, and fifth-year seniors, uh, the, the experience level across the board is is just amazing, and it's just, it just brings more parity now to college football than we've ever seen before because of those extra players. So, so the average age of the player has gone up from 21 years old to 22 years old. Um, there's there's five players on offense, five players on defense, almost every team that, that wouldn't have been here if it wasn't for that extra year uh, that they didn't play last year. So the my average power rating of, of a team was 100. Uh, this year it's 104.5. So teams are 4.5 points better on average. And that's not everybody. That's, I think, the teams like in the middle of the group, uh, the, the uh, middle class, the upper class. Uh, they're not bringing back those fifth, six-year seniors. Uh, they just reload with younger players. So their experience level is the same as it normally is. But it's those next-tier teams that I think have improved the most. Kenny, when you get into this early part of the season, and uh, one of the things that we're looking at, obviously, is power ratings. A lot of betters look at returning starters, obviously. And and really, at this point in the year, most people aren't as sure of their numbers. The betters aren't necessarily sure of their numbers, but neither are the bookmakers at this point of the season, even though they get these college football games up earlier and earlier in the season. Do you think returning starters are already kind of priced into the market at this standpoint, or is there some spots where betters can really take advantage of it because maybe it's not accounted for. Like if they read your guide, which I would recommend they get, get uh, Kenny White's college football guide. And you talk about returning starters where it's like, it's not the conventional. Okay. There's 10 starters on offense, seven on defense. Some of these teams, you say they've got like 14 and a half returning starters, because I believe you judge that on the amount of snaps that they have played. 
Yeah, that is true. I don't have any halves uh, in in the returning starters, Wes. But yeah, you're well, right. Well, yeah. that's, I'm what, gonna, that's what yeah, I meant. Four, it'd be tough to have 14 and a half starters, right. but I, I I have Texas San Antonio with 18 returning starters on defense, just on defense alone. 18 guys now, you're right. I, I don't count. So when we're talking about returning starters, what do we do with like Ohio University that played three games last year? If a, if a guy started two games, is he a returning starter for this year? Um, like Air Force as well. Air Force didn't play that many games. I have zero returning starters on Air Force's offense. They didn't bring back fifth-year seniors, uh, so they graduated their guys. Uh, they have zero players on offense that have played 350 starts or more. So everybody on this team has played less. So I say 350 snaps because I say every 50 snaps is worth a uh, start. So if, if you're on the field 50 snaps, most games average 70 snaps offense, defense. So 50 is a pretty good number. If you're on the field 50 snaps, then you're on the field pretty much a majority of the game. So I, I make you a starter. So yeah, the, I do it a little differently because as I said, if you're Ohio University and you got a kid that played 100 snaps and he started two games, you're going to make him a starter. I've got guys that played 10 games last year, never started, but played over 500 snaps. That's experience. That's, that's what I want to, that's what I want to know. How experienced are the players on the field? And there's an example right there of what sets Kenny's guide apart from others. Very thorough research there on your part, Mr. White. And I am a proud owner of a copy of that guide as well. Kenny White's college football power ratings get the 2021 version. Kenny, of course, the big story going on this week in college football was Texas and Oklahoma departing for the SEC conference. And I don't know what you're reading or hearing, but I thought I saw that this might not happen for four years. And, of course, that's the Big 12 conference really putting their foot down and probably not wanting this to happen too quickly. Do you think it's at all possible? Did you make any adjustments for Oklahoma and Texas in this year's power ratings? Is there any sort of lame duck feeling at all that's possible for these two teams coming into this season? Well, I hope not. Oklahoma's my team. I'm a big Sooner fan this year because they're <laughs> loaded and I, I think they can win a national championship. So I, I, yeah, that's what I've heard. 2025 right now is the year scheduled to make that jump. And we've, we've heard this for 20 years. There'll be four super conferences. That's, that's where it's all headed to. So um, the big, the big 12 right now, uh, they're going to, they're, they're really in a um, quandary. Now they, they got to figure out what they're going to do, who they're going to bring in. They need to start bringing in other big schools, uh, so they can strengthen their conference to maybe keep a Texas and Oklahoma. But I don't think it's happening. Uh, they've already made their mind up. Texas and Oklahoma will go to the SEC. And then the Big 12 will have to make a, they'll have to probably combine with the Big 10. That would that would make that a super conference as well. So but that, I think that's what we're going to end up with is four super conferences, probably 20 teams in each conference. Yeah, you might want to wake up Kevin Warren, though, the commissioner of the Big Ten Conference, and let them know this expansion is going on, so the Big Ten doesn't want to get left on the sidelines. But Kenny, sticking in the Big 12, in terms of Oklahoma, I agree with you, the clear favorite, and obviously Iowa State brings a lot back. They, of course, were in the New Year's Six and the Fiesta Bowl last year, so they should be a top 10 to 15 team, you would think, preseason. But anybody in this conference kind of in the middle, maybe not going to challenge for the conference that you would be a little bit higher on on season win totals, maybe a team kind of getting slept on that you think is going to be better than people think. Uh, that's a good question. Uh, Oklahoma State, I think, is very good. Maybe they're getting a little slept on. Uh, Texas Tech, another team that I think is going to be uh, – 
Very good. I don't. I don't have Iowa State rated as high as uh, others do, and I've been an. I've been on Iowa State the last couple of years. Love Purdy, the quarterback. Love the head coach, Campbell. He's done a great job of covering point spreads. Um, but I, I think there is a, a big six in this conference. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas, Texas Tech, um, Iowa State, and TCU. Those are the teams. I think West Virginia is down a little. I think Kansas State's down a little, and Baylor's down. And then forget Kansas. They're just... You know, they're just in the bottom of the They're not the down, the they're path. out. <laughs> yeah, they're out. <laughs> Kenny, you mentioned uh, the Air Force Falcons and, of course, a member of the Mountain West Conference, and they had an abbreviated schedule in 2020, and so did the Pac-12. Maybe that's a possible forming of a super conference there with the Pac-12 and some of the Mountain West teams. But how did you handicap, uh, as far as your power ratings, the Mountain West and the Pac-12 with those shortened seasons? Was it any different uh, as far as putting together your power ratings you talk about the number of snaps these guys took obviously they didn't take as many with only playing seven games in the pack 12 who do you like in that conference you know in the uh the mountain west i think boise state is, is again uh, one of the top teams with san diego state um out of the mountain is going to be great fresno state's going to challenge them but I, th- I think it'll end up being san diego state uh to end up taking the conference uh pack 12 i just did a nice little Previous setup for next week for our Thursday show with Matt Humans. That I like Washington. I think uh, uh, Coach Lake got his uh, feet wet last year with four games. I think he learned a lot. Uh, the cupboard is uh, totally full there. Uh, Coach Peterson left him with a lot of great players. I like the transfer quarterback who came in, Patrick O'Brien. That'll lead to some competition. Uh, so I, I'll take Washington. I think they got five or six NFL draft choices, not just draft choices, five or six guys that will go in the first two rounds of next year's NFL draft. So Washington, very deep. Utah, well, coach Kyle Winningham, I think takes the uh, Southern Conference. So if you want a little bit of a long shot, it would be the Utes this year. I think they'll be playing Washington for the Pac-12 championship. Charlie Brewer, by the way, going to be the new quarterback for Kyle Whittingham in Utah, transfer in from Baylor. So probably going to be an upgrade of what we saw for the Utes, even in that short sample size last year out in the pack. Uh, Kenny, let's go back to the SEC. Uh, Texas and Oklahoma, not quite walking through that door yet. We'll see if it's going to be 2025 or 2023. They're Depending on who you talk to, there's varying opinions. But nevertheless, let's look at this version of the conference. Alabama, once again, minus $1.65 to go ahead and win the league. Georgia at plus 230. We know Georgia Clemson week one in Charlotte, North Carolina, pretty much the main event on that week one college football slate. But uh, where do you see the SEC? I know that you're kind of high on, on a couple teams, maybe a little bit down the board that they could step up potentially and challenge in Alabama who do ha- does have a new quarterback has to replace a lot of offensive personnel. But like you said, a lot of super seniors, especially in this league. Yeah, they, well, Alabama just reloads. Uh, they're, they're the best team in uh, the conference again, uh, and the change of quarterback is going to be uh, that is going to be the factor. Uh, how great are they going to be? Um, Mississippi's the team I've got my eye on. Lane Kiffin come in there, did a great job last year, first year there. Uh, love their quarterback Matt Corral. He's going to be an outstanding player. I think he makes the NFL. Um, offensively and defensively, they have so much returning talent. And Lane Kiffin's just brought a new attitude to this program. So I I really think that uh, Mississippi will be a favorite in 11 of their 12 football games. The only game they won't be, that one at Alabama. And that'll be such a big game. It's going to be late in the year. Uh, Alabama's still going to be a two-touchdown favorite, though. So they, they just dominate this conference. I do have Georgia winning the East. 
Uh, I did go under in their win total, though. I didn't think they would win 10 and a half games this year. I don't think they'll win 11 games. I think they finished 10 and two, uh, just slightly goes under. But Georgia and Alabama, once again, uh, will play for the SEC title. Kenny, you mentioned Chris Peterson, of course, uh, former coach at Washington and before that Boise State, and replacing him at Boise State was Brian Harson, who now replaces Gus Malzahn at Alabama. And I've seen a lot of people that are kind of down on Alabama this year. Uh, do you fall into that category as well? And is that because of the loss of Malzahn, or do you think uh, Harson can go in there and do a good job? I think Harson can do a good job. I, I think it may be the lack of talent uh, and maybe fitting the system right now. I have uh, Auburn down at the bottom of the pack uh, in, in the West. They're not on the complete bottom. They're next to last. I have them sixth out of seven teams. Uh, they're still a very solid football team. I have them a 111 rating. Um, again, I always say the 100 is my average rating. This year, it's like a 104 and a half. So uh, they're about five, six and a half points better than the average college football team. I just think they have an extremely difficult schedule. Georgia, Old Miss, at LSU, at Texas A&M, and Alabama. When you have those all in the schedule, those are five games they could lose. And they also go to Penn State. Uh, that's probably a sixth game that they could lo possibly lose. I have been 6.3 wins. And again, uh, Bo Nix, um, love this kid as a freshman. And just I just haven't really seen that great of an improvement from him. Only completed 60% of his passes last year. Only 12 touchdown passes in 357 attempts. Uh, those numbers way down for a guy that's five-star athlete that was supposed to be an NFL prospect. If he puts up those type of numbers, we'll see Bo Nix back for his senior year next year. Kenny, uh, let's get some baseball in here in the final two minutes of the segment. And we, of course, the trade deadline has come and passed as of yesterday afternoon. Fast and furious, probably one of the more fast and furious trade deadlines I've ever seen. So with all the movement here, if you could pinpoint who you thought was the biggest winner, like who you thought improved from where they were before the deadline most, and then who was the biggest loser, you think, in the deadline? Yeah, well, that's, you know, hard to tell after, uh, um, you know, the Cubs could be the biggest winner of everybody uh, because they brought in so many prospects. Uh, they'll be good again in two years from now. They brought in guys that will be playing in the, in the lineup next year, and, you know, it's a two-, three-year project. But the Dodgers helped themselves the most. Um, I never would imagine. Uh, I, I thought Scherzer was headed to the Dodgers. That was my projection. And then all the talk was the Padres. Then the last second. Here's Trey Turner in the deal. Are you kidding me? Right. And then Seager's coming back. Trey Turner's an absolute stud. This guy's one of the best players in the in the game. They they have they have so much talent with Betts and Turner and Seager and Bellinger and Muncie. Uh, even this Chris Taylor has come along to put himself in a, in a conversation. He's an all star. Uh, there, there's just so much talent. And then you look at the rotation. Uh, Julio Urias could be the ace on almost 20 teams in baseball right now, and he could be their number four starter. So it's an embarrassment of riches right now for the Dodgers. They, they helped themselves the most. I thought the Yankees helped themselves. Finally, they woke up and brought in a left-handed hitter. That, amazing. They had no left-handed bats in a ballpark you want to stack your lineup with lefties. But uh, bringing in Gallo and Rizzo, big help to them. I like the addition of... Uh, Andrew Heaney, a lefty into that rotation. That's going to help. And I like their rotation right now. So I think the Yankees at 11-1 serve value to win the American League. I think they can win it. Very interesting. Yeah, I thought the addition of Haney was a nice move at the 11th hour as well. Thank you very much, Kenny. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, my friend. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. Thanks for having me. You bet, Kenny. Thank you.
All right, that is Kenny White. We're just getting started here on the Green Zone, presented by BetMGM, Brady Cannon, and Wes Reynolds with you on VSIN, the sports betting network. We'll be right back. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. With football season just around the corner, it's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada, the premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. You must be 21 years or older 
and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly if you have a problem. Call 1-800-522-4700. It is the Green Zone presented by BetMGM, and I am at one of those MGM properties on the Strip, the Mandalay Bay Race and Sportsbook. West Reynolds is downtown at the Circa Resort and Casino. We do have baseball underway, Wes. The first game for your Saturday got started about 15 minutes ago. The Toronto Blue Jays hosting the Kansas City Royals. The Royals have been hot. They've won eight out of their last ten. Toronto has won two in a row. They made a couple of moves at the trade deadline, and they are eight and a half games back in the American League East, currently behind the Boston Red Sox. And it looks like George Springer has put the Blue Jays out in front with a solo shot as baseball returns to the Rogers Center in Toronto. Yeah, uh, first time in a long time. That would be last night. And you mentioned the Royals making some people with the underseason wins. I think it was like 71. Sweat a little bit because all of a sudden they've caught a little fire now, 45 and 57. So season wins going over, still in play a little bit. Uh, Still got to play some catch up, but Toronto did make a move at the deadline, too, getting Jose Barrios. Now, I don't know if that's a move that's going to get him in the playoffs this year. I think Toronto, and I think we've kind of discussed this throughout the spring and the summer here, Brady. Toronto, I think, is a year away. I think they're a 2022 team in terms of being a contender for the playoffs and a contender in that AL East. They just... I don't think they have enough to get by the Yankees, the Rays, and the Red Sox. They're certainly going to be very competitive and already off to a good start today. one nothing in the bottom of the first. But Toronto made a move. I think they're taking a chance here, and I think they'd like to just go ahead and, uh, and keep Rios going forward. But they're a next-year team for me. Yeah, I agree with you. They should really be a force to be reckoned with in 2022. They closed as minus 250 favorites today at home, and with a one to nothing lead now in the bottom of the first inning, they have moved to minus 400 favorites in the live wagering. Your total is now down to nine here at BetMGM. It closed at nine and a half. Wes, let's take a look at the Olympic golf leaderboard. Xander Shoffley is currently in first place right now, looking to get the gold medal there for Shoffley and you know the knock on his career is uh, he just hasn't won a whole lot as of late Uh, he's a contender in seemingly every major championship and here he is again at the top of the leaderboard he's at 14 under par and a really big story for Hideki Matsuyama at 13 under par there in his native Japan it would be heroic if he was to get the gold Mr. Matsuyama yeah and they are in the final pairing together along with Paul Casey you mentioned Xander Shoffley who I recommended after round one, I did not take him pre-flop at around eight or nine to one, but at 12 to one, I thought it was a buy and there were even better ones out there. He is now your leader, hit an absolute dart on 18 last night to go ahead and close it out with a very short birdie. So currently 17 to 10 plus 170 to get this home at BetMGM. As you said, Matsuyama minus 13. He is three to one. Paul Casey is a guy I do have pre-flop that I took at 16. He's seven to one to get this home. He is 12 under par. Kind of fell off a little bit on the back nine yesterday and then made two birdies on the back end at 17 and 18. He is at 12 under par. Then uh, Carlos Ortiz also at 12 under par. He's in the second to last group. He is 12 to one. He will be playing alongside Sebastian Munoz and Rory McIlroy. Munoz 25 to one. Rory at nine to one. Mito Pereira is right in this thing. The man from Chile 11 under. He is 25 to one. Shane Lowry and Tommy Fleetwood both very good rounds yesterday. 
both at 10 under par, 33 to 1. Sepp Strzok is another guy. He was the first round leader. He is at 11 under par, still very much in this thing at 40 to 1. So this is also an event, Brady. And I noticed some big scores yesterday, some guys shooting 64, some guys shooting 63. Those rounds are going to be available tonight because it will get started at 6.30 Eastern, 3.30 Pacific. Lead group probably goes off about 10 o'clock Eastern tonight. That's Xander, Hideki Matsuyama, and Paul Casey. You can make a move on Sunday if you're a few shots back. You can shoot a 63 on this course at Kasumigaseki over in Saitama, Japan. So these leaders are going to have the pressure on it as they're trying to win the Olympic gold medal. One guy that has not uh, succumbed to the pressure is Mito Pereira. He has really made a splash graduating from the Corn Ferry Tour. What's it been about four weeks in a row now right. that he's been in the mix on the PGA Tour and now in the mix again here uh, at the Olympics, currently at 11 under par, three shots back of Xander Schauffele, who is in the lead at 14 under par. We'll come back with more here on the Green Zone presented by BetMGM in just a moment. Stick with us. It's VEASAN, the sports betting network. The VSIN College Football Betting Guide is here. Start your football season out on the right foot with our expert analysis and picks for conference champions, Heisman hopefuls, and playoff teams, plus power ratings for every team. Now's a great time to get your all-access VSIN subscription, including our college and pro football betting guides, along with everything we offer for the entire football season. Get your college football betting guide for only $19.99 or start your free all-access trial today at vsin.com slash Subscribe. Congratulations to you, Mr. Reynolds. That college football betting guide, I was thumbing through it uh, while I was on vacation this past week, and it uh, took me about a week to get through it. That is comprehensive, to say the least. Uh, what did you think of it? I, I thought it was tremendous. I thought it was laid out incredibly well. I liked the way they had, you know, kind of a, a boomer bust little segment there at the top of each uh, conference before the preview. Just some nuts and bolts before you got into the nitty-gritty. Uh, what did you think of how it came out? No, I thought it was a great job done by everyone and really when you look at this guide obviously if you go by conference preview we have a breakdown of every team maybe a season win total recommendation sometimes it might be okay this is the right number so it's a push maybe stay away or you give a lean or if you really like a season wins over strong or a season wins under so we break down every team we go through statistical angles we have the returning starters all that information. So uh, all the contributors did a great job. Matt Humans, John Von Tobel, Bruce Marshall, Tim Murray, Dave Tooley, Steve Mackinnon, a cast of thousands. Uh, Adam Kramer also contributed a couple uh, columns to it. So I'm still actually going through it a little bit to uh, see how this whole thing turned out. But uh, very much recommended. And then we're going to be getting started working on the pro football betting guide. So uh, getting some writing done here within the next week or two and then have that out before the start of the season. Yeah, and of course, don't forget our man Paul Stone contributed yes. to that college football. Yes, I don't want to forget Paul. Well. You always want to follow his stuff. 
<laughs> no, it is a great guide, and I'm not just saying that. I was uh, thoroughly impressed, and I have some more reading to do myself. Uh, let's talk about baseball and, of course, where things shifted on the odds board as far as after the trade deadline, and we touched on it a little bit with Kenny White. He thought the Dodgers were maybe the biggest winner out of all of this, and he called it an embarrassment of riches. It really is. I, I wanted to ask Kenny. We ran out of time there. We've seen their World Series odds drop from plus 375 to plus 325 here at BetMGM. The San Francisco Giants in the National League West lead the Los Angeles Dodgers by three games. Dodgers lost to Arizona on Friday night, and the Giants lost to the Houston Astros. So it may it remains a three-game margin there in the National League West. Do you think San Francisco can hang on with all of the power that the Dodgers added at the trade deadline, specifically in the uh, pitching uh, rotation as well as at shortstop with Trey Turner? Now the Giants, of course, get Chris Bryant, but is that going to be enough to hold off Los Angeles, in your opinion? I think it very well could be because, look, I love what the Dodgers did, too, getting Max Scherzer, the best pitcher on the market, and also the best position player on the market and Trey Turner. Now, the Dodgers did give up a pretty penny to go ahead and give these guys. Mike Rizzo didn't just give these guys away. Uh, they get Kelbert Ruiz and Josiah Gray, two top 50 prospects in baseball back. So Nat's got a pretty good return. And the Dodgers really needed to make a move in the rotation because right now you have Dustin May, who's hurt. Clayton Kershaw hurt, Trevor Bauer, probably not likely we're going to see him pitch at least this year in a Dodgers uniform. We'll see how those uh, investigations for sexual assault, we'll see how that turns out. But this is a lineup too, adding Trey Turner that's been underperforming because it's had injuries. Cody Bellinger really has been the big underperformer in that lineup. So I would say the Dodgers and the Giants were both winners because it was kind of like, okay, what are the Giants going to do? Everybody else is making moves and it's like, the San Francisco Giants have now entered the chat getting Chris Bryan. We know Longoria is out with the shoulder injury, so he's a guy that can play third base. He's also a guy who can move the outfield if they do get Longoria back here toward the end of the season. I like the fact that they got Tony Watson, who's a pretty useful middle relief setup guy, so I thought they did a solid job. If I was going to say who the loser was, I actually think it was the San Diego Padres that were the loser. And I liked bringing in Adam Frazier, but... The Padres didn't reinforce that rotation, and I mentioned earlier they've only got 47 uh, starts, really, that have gone be beyond five innings. So that's the weakest in all of baseball. They lost out on Scherzer. They not only lost out on Scherzer, who we thought Thursday afternoon was going to be a San Diego Padre, they lost out on him to their arch rival, the Los Angeles Dodgers. They didn't get Barrios. Uh, they did bring in Daniel Hudson, which I think is a nice move. It's kind of strengthening his strength and maybe just giving you another arm. And I think what is that overtaxed bullpen that Jace Tingler has gone to early and often this season? They brought in Marisnik, but they're still leaning on Ryan Weathers, uh, who's a guy that doesn't really go past the five five inning mark in terms of a start for San Diego. And he's a good prospect, but you're having to lean on him in a very crucial situation going forward. So I had the Padres needed to do a little bit more because I thought that they were the team there in the West. Everybody kind of points to the Giants like, okay, they're going to regress. But I thought the Padres were the team that really needs to stay in the race. And I'm not saying they're out of it, but I don't think that they did enough here at the deadline. 
Oh, I agree with you, and I believe it was right there where you are at Circa. Their odds to win the pennant actually increased, drifted up, after what the Dodgers and the San Francisco Giants did right there in that division, the National League West. Now, Kenny White mentioned he thought the New York Yankees were a good bet to win, uh, I, I can't remember if it was the pennant or the division, at 11-1. to 1. Sounds like that would be a number to win the pennant. At the World Series, they're now down to 22-1 to 1 here at BetMGM. They're seven and a half games back in the division of the Boston Red Sox West. What do you think? Did the Yankees, do they have enough down the stretch here? I think they at least have enough to get the wild card, and then we'll see if they you got to get in it to be able to win it. So they're not, I think, the worst bet in the world in the American League because one of the things I wanted to see the Tampa Bay Rays do, and they did add Nelson Cruz, which is a nice bet, they really didn't add to that rotation uh, uh, very much, did Tampa Bay. And now it came out today that Tyler Glasnow, who was throwing some bullpen innings a little bit, just some uh, simulated innings, hasn't really pitched, but through those simulated innings, and now he has to have Tommy John surgery, so he is not going to come back. So you really didn't see the Rays add somebody like a Barrios or or even a John Gray. And by the way, I would call the Rockies one of the losers. We mentioned them briefly earlier. Not trading Trevor Story, not trading John Gray, nor Daniel Bard. It's like, what are you doing, guys? You're 15 games under 500. Get some prospects and try to start from scratch and build that organization up. But the Colorado Rockies, not always the most wisdom at the top in that organization. But nevertheless, I don't think the Yankees necessarily are bad value. Didn't see the Red Sox do a lot. They did get Schwarber but he's probably about three or four weeks due to return. So uh, now is the time for the Yankees with both Gallo and Rizzo now in the lineup as left-handed batters. I think that that's going to make them better. We'll continue the baseball conversation when we come back on the other side. Also preview some games for your Saturday that are coming up on the Diamonds as we continue right here on the Green Zone presented by BetMGM. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you on VSIN, the sports betting network. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. 
I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Fearlessly on your favorite sports with a risk-free wager up to $600 at BetMGM. Just sign up using the bonus code VSIN600 and get it in the game with the king of sportsbooks. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com. Use the promo code VSIN600 to make your first bet risk-free up to $600. It's a new customer offer paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., or West Virginia only. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, Virginia, and Washington, D.C. 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. In Tennessee, 800-889-9789. And in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. The promotional offer is not available in Nevada. Welcome back to the Green Zone presented by BetMGM. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you on a Saturday here, the final day of July and baseball is headed down the stretch. Some pennant races really heating up and of course the trade deadline on Friday saw a ton of activity and some adjustments in the odds certainly with what teams lost and what teams acquired. Wes, we finished up the last segment talking a little bit about the American League East. How about the American League Central and the Chicago White Sox? They get Cesar Hernandez from the Cleveland Indians. They bring in Craig Kimbrell uh, as a closer for that bullpen in Chicago and they uh, swap with the, the Southsiders with the Northsiders. They get it from the Chicago Cubs and gave up quite a lot to get Craig Kimbrell. Their odds have dropped a little bit. They are still not the favorite in the American League to win the pennant. That uh, title still belongs to the Houston Astros but what do you think about the Chicago White Sox? They're now, I believe, eight and a half games, maybe nine games ahead of the Indians and the Indians it's really going to be a tough final few months of the season for them. Tito uh, Francona now is going to step aside for health reasons. He will not be managing the team. So kind of a, a, a tough uh, situation there in Cleveland. They did not really make 
too many moves. Obviously, they send Hernandez to the White Sox, and and that kind of shows you that they're throwing up the red flag or the white flag right there if they're trading with the team that is ahead of them in the division. What do you think about Chicago though, as far as the pennant race? It looks like they do have a handle, a firm hold on the division there in the American League Central. But they can they go beyond that? Do they have enough in your mind? Yeah, they're going to win the Central, uh, no question about it. I think that division is pretty much a wrap for all intents and purposes. But I was a little bit surprised that the landing spot for Craig Kimbrell was the south side of Chicago. You would have thought maybe the Dodgers or you would have thought maybe uh, the Atlanta Braves. He goes back to Atlanta or there were a couple other teams. I did not necessarily see the White Sox because this bullpen's been pretty darn good with Hendricks and Michael Kopech, uh, already one of the better bullpens in baseball, certainly at least bare minimum top 10 in the league when you look at all the various stats and metrics in terms of ERA, XFIP, strikeouts per nine innings, walks per nine innings, all right in the top 10 of Major League Baseball for that White Sox bullpen. So I guess there's something to be said for strengthening a strength, if you will, but I was a little bit surprised there. How is Liam Hendricks going to react to this role of maybe now being the eighth inning guy and having his role minimized? This was a guy, by the way, that was in the All-Star game for representing the White Sox on the American League squad and did very well, was able to close that All-Star game out in Coors Field. So he's been having a very good season. You look at what Hendricks has done so far, 226 on the XERA, 251 on the XFIP, 25 or 30 on his save attempts. So now all of a sudden, this is a guy that's done the job for you in Chicago. And now all of a sudden, there's a possibility he's moved into the eighth inning role if Craig Kimbrell gets the closing job. So I guess uh, you you could look at it one of two ways, strengthening a strength. But I kind of thought that this was a little bit of a curious move for the Chicago White Sox. And I'm not sure how this is going to work out. I don't want to call it a bad one, but it's certainly a curious one. Well, and the Cubs improve, and Kenny White talked about this earlier in the hour. Uh, the Chicago Cubs, uh, their fans don't need to be too disappointed. They got a right. lot of great prospects in all the trades that they made, as did the Washington Nationals. Let's talk about the National League East. You mentioned Kimbrell and the Atlanta Braves. The Braves are certainly not out of it, nor are the Philadelphia Phillies. The Atlanta Braves trail the first-place Mets by four games. The Phillies, three-and-a-half games out, and all three of those teams at the top of the division were very active. Now, bad news for the New York Mets. It doesn't look like Jacob deGrom will return until maybe September uh, at the earliest, Uh, but they did add some power there. Javier Baez comes over from the Cubs. What did you think about all the moves in the National League East? And I know you've been high on the Phillies. Are you still today? Yeah, I I mean, I still have it in pocket, so I'm not getting out of it at 6-1 to to win the East, and they're now, I think, basically 4-1 to here at BetMGM. So, look, I did like getting another arm in Kyle Gibson, who I know has had a couple shaky starts, but I think he knew he was going to be traded from the Texas Rangers. uh, And and bringing in Ian Kennedy, that bullpen really needs showing up. There was another maybe potential destination for Craig Kimbrell that never materialized, which was in Philadelphia, but they do bring in Ian Kennedy. They did get Freddie Galvis back at the Orioles shortstop back from Baltimore now on his second stint in Philadelphia. But I did think the Phillies needed a little bit more. We mentioned Gibson at the top there struggled in his last couple starts. I believe he walked eight in his last start. So Gibson is not a guy that's like a number one or two starter like somebody like a Jose Barrios 
is wherever he goes, which is now in Toronto. Gibson's kind of a four-starter. Kennedy, I think, will help the bullpen, but I'm not sure bringing in Galvis, how he's going to be used, if he's going to platoon with D.D. Gregorius or whatnot. They gave up Spencer Howard, who maybe indicates this guy, I think, was a top 50 prospect or a really high-ranked prospect in baseball last year, and he has certainly fallen off. So Dave Dombrowski, I think, was willing to go ahead and give up on him. So I wish the Phillies would have done more as somebody that has a 6-1 to ticket to win the ALE, or the NL East, rather. However, I don't know how much the Mets really did. I mean, the Baez deal's not bad. And him and Lindor together, I think, could be very good defensively, kind of a real fierce uh, double play combination. But I felt like from a bat standpoint, Chris Bryant was out there, and I was surprised he actually did not end up a New York Met. I thought that's where he was going. I think that's where a lot of observers thought he was going. He ends up in San Francisco. DeGrom now set back, not likely to return until September. So even though I was a little bit discouraged about the Phillies not doing more, I don't think the Mets really separated themselves. I know everybody's excited about the Baez deal, but I don't think that was enough necessarily to separate themselves from the Phillies and Braves. I think this is going to be a very tight division right down to the final week. Let's take a look at a game coming up just after the top of the hour, 105 Pacific, 405 Eastern, down in Southern California. The Los Angeles Angels will host the Oakland Athletics, and the A's are a team we didn't talk about yet, Wes. Uh, a couple of moves in Oakland before the trade deadline on Friday. They still trail the Houston Astros in the American League West by five and a half games, and they are a road favorite in Southern California today. Minus 150 here at BetMGM on the money line with a total of 10. Did you do anything with this one? I have not as of yet. And uh, you mentioned the A's, who I thought made a couple good under-the-radar moves. It wasn't the big splashy move, but they did get Andrew Chafin to help out that bullpen out there in Oakland from Chicago. Chafin was one of the first of many deals that the Cubs made that uh, Jed Hoyer made there on the north side. But they also did get Starling Marte, who... Probably with Loreano in center field, you may have to play Marte in right field. Could be kind of a DH platoon. I actually thought that was a very good deal for the Marlins, getting Jesus Lazardo. I know his numbers have been up this year, but I think the upside and the potential is still there. So Derek Jeter and Kim Ng putting together a nice staff, at least in Miami. I guess there's a such thing as be good on one side of the ball, have a lot of good young arms on that starting rotation. That's what Miami is doing because they're certainly not hitting the ball, but Looking at this price, you've seen a lot of movement. It is going to be Berea going for the Los Angeles Angels, who uh, also really didn't do too much at at the deadline here. I think uh, they kind of, I don't want to say wave the white flag, but they didn't really make any moves. They're a game under 500. they They're just waiting to see if maybe Mike Trout does get back at some point this season and they can get hot. But I think the Angels are kind of what they are, which is a 500 baseball team. So, uh don't disagree with the adjustment here on Cole Irvin, but in the overnight, I think he was like a minus dollar fourteen favorite. Now you're seeing close to about one fifty, and actually it is one fifty here at BetMGM. So this will leave alone for me. The Houston Astros are at Oracle Park in San Francisco to take on the Giants, and both of these teams have uh, pennant aspirations on their mind. The Astros took game one on Friday night. Uh, this is also a 105 Pacific, 405 Eastern start. It'll be Alex Wood against Zach Grinke, and the Giants are a small favorite here at BetMGM. Pretty much the consensus price, minus 115 on the money line in favor of San Francisco. Your total at 8.5, and, and I did play under the the eight and a half, Wes. 
Yeah, I, I could certainly see that. Uh, Wood has been, I think, one of the more consistent guys on this staff all season. And Zach Greinke, now uh, Mr. Location, 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 because this is a guy that doesn't have his great <laughs> stuff anymore, but still knows how to get guys out. So, uh, you know, looking at this game a little bit here, Grinky does come in 10 and 3 record, 348 ERA, just 112 on the whip. So, despite the fact that the velo is down, he's still a very effective pitcher. So, he's really kind of settled in. And I think uh, his ground ball rate has come up. He's kind of had to pitch a little bit different. Grinky is a guy that relies on command and control, and he doesn't really give in to hitters. And I think that uh, that could benefit the Astros here. So, I would expect him to have a very good outing. I also expect Woodwood, too, despite the fact that this is a step up in class. and we know the Houston Astros are always dangerous against left-handed pitching, one of the best in all of Major League Baseball. So would lean a little bit on the Houston side. Uh, Greinke uh, has been good in his career in San Francisco, so he's really liked this park. Uh, very much more of a pitcher's park, and that's going to benefit an older pitcher like Zach Greinke. So uh, just looking at the prices it stands right now, San Francisco's gotten the money. I would actually lean with the Houston Astros as a dog against a left-handed pitcher at this standpoint. Yeah, I didn't mess with the side, but what you're talking about there led me to under the total. Zach Greinke, of course, has been with the Dodgers and the Arizona Diamondbacks, very familiar with this ballpark. I think he knows that this is a pitcher-friendly park, and he knows how to do his job at Oracle. We'll see if that ends up staying under the 8.5 out there in San Francisco. Blue Jays still leading the Royals 1 to nothing, top of the third inning there in Toronto. Game 2 at the Rogers Center. Good to see baseball back north of the border. We'll come back with our number 2 of the Green Zone presented by BetMGM. Stick with us at VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. 
Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.